You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome into Locked On Cardinals for Friday, April the 15th of 2000. And 22 Jackie Robinson Day across Major League Baseball. I am Lucas Smith, host of the show. You can find my Twitter right there at LJ Fastball. If you're watching on the YouTube, thank you. If you're listening on your podcasting platforms, thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen of the day each and every day, Monday to Friday. If you missed the live post game show yesterday that aired on YouTube and both Twitter accounts, both LJ Fastball and Locked on Cardinals Twitter accounts. It is up and running on YouTube as well as your podcasting platform. So be sure to check that out uh, before you, you get too far away from that game. You hear my thoughts on yesterday's game. But even with that, with that 5-1 loss when the offense struggled, we didn't know what we were going to get from the offense. It, it, it was one of those games. You know, Even with that, though, the Cardinals do have a very, very important rest of the weekend here in Milwaukee as they try to, to find some way to salvage this series and find some way to, to earn a split by taking two of the next three. And I think it's doable. Looking at the pitching matchups, thinking about this offense, I do think that it's doable. And when, when you're in a division race like this, I know that the Cardinals are only five games into their season. But when you're you know at least expected to be in a division race like the Cardinals are, going toe-to-toe with Milwaukee, being right there, when you're in a uh, going to be in a close battle like that, you can't lose three out of four in, in, in a four-game set. You just cannot. You've got to find a way to at least be able to split those four-game sets, make them competitive, and not just throw them away. Not not just roll over and say, oh, well, we lost the first two, so I guess we'll just try and play 500 ball. No, you've got to try and find a way, from a Cardinals perspective, to split these next, uh, to find a way to, to gain a split by winning two of the next three uh, in Milwaukee. And when, when these pitchers that they, the Cardinals have thrown out there are at their best, they do have an opportunity to bring home so some Cardinal victories. So we're going to go ahead and break down each matchup today between the Cardinals and Brewers. Talk about positives, negatives, what I'm looking for in each one of them. So we'll go ahead and start with tonight. First pitch coming your way uh, at 7-10 tonight for Jackie Robinson Day. Everybody will be wearing the number 42 in the Cardinals lineup and in the Milwaukee Brewers lineup as well. Cardinals sending out right-hander Miles Michaelis to the hill uh, in his first start of 2022 Three and two-thirds innings, six hits, two earned. He did walk two and strike out one. He'll be opposed by Freddie Peralta, who in his first start went four innings, three hits, three earned. He walked four and struck out six. So both pitchers coming into tonight's game will be looking to rebound after a bad start in their season debut. That is what each pitcher is going to be trying to do. Michaelis especially... There's a lot of talk going around, and there has been for the last couple of seasons, of how bad this uh, contract has been from the Cardinals' perspective. Uh, the one that they gave Miles Michaelis in the middle of his fantastic 2018 year. A lot of talk on how bad that contract has been, how Michaelis has not lived up to said contract, and I get it. He is he has not. When, when you look at his last number of seasons, being being injured a lot last year as well, not pitching, he pitched one time in May and then from, from August on, but... Outside of 2018, it's been really hit or miss for, for the right-hander. He made 32 starts again in 2019. So same amount of starts, but 16 less innings. His ERA was 4.16. He lost 14 games. Opponents hit 272 off of him. And did not pitch in 2020. Last year, as I mentioned, nine games started. 423 ERA. 
253 was the average against him, 1.21 whip. So Michaelis is really, in my opinion, going to be looking to, to find that 2018 form. When he wasn't walking people, he was hitting the strike zone. He was able to dot the fastball in and then break the slider away, get the curveball over for strikes. When Michaelis is at his best, when he is right, he is pumping strikes. He is filling up the strike zone. There's no question about it when he is right. Now it's just a matter of can he get right for this Cardinal team. Then With the way their starting rotation is, they're going to need him to get right. Everybody in this rotation is a is an integral part to this team because of how topsy-turvy, question mark, eh, for lack of a better phrase, this rotation is. You don't know what you're going to get on a daily basis from anybody. Even Adam Wainwright has his days as we saw yesterday when he struggled against the Brewers. So Michaelis is going to need to step up. He's going to need to pound the strike zone. Hopefully he is able to go a little bit longer in this start than he did last start. Uh, with it being his first start, uh, that was a big reason as to why he did not go uh, overly long in his his first outing against the Pittsburgh Pirates um, in, in that start, as I mentioned. Uh, did not pick up the loss because the Cardinals' offense came through, uh, but the Cardinals did win that game 6-2, to two, but only three and two-thirds of an inning, 77 pitches. So you look for him to bounce back today by being able to go more than uh, 70-something pitches, maybe go 80-90 pitches just on a regular routine. Hopefully we start seeing that more and more for, for every Cardinal hurler, not just Michaelis. Michaelis needs to bounce back. When you look at his, his game logs uh, against the Milwaukee Brewers in 2019, uh, he pitched against them, excuse me, this is for 2021, pitched against them last year twice. Uh, once was at Milwaukee on September the 22nd. Seven innings, four hits, two earned, give up a home run in that game. Did not walk a batter and struck out three. His last start of the season came on September 29th. This was at home against Milwaukee. Five and two-thirds of an inning. Seven hits, three runs, all of them earned. Gave up a home run. Walked one, but struck out seven. So Michaelis with basically a really good start and a not-so-good start against the Brewers last season. And the Brewers' offense is widely the same. This season, you take out Jackie Bradley Jr., you put in Hunter Renfro. You got pretty much, for the most part, the same offense. Uh, obviously, Adamas is in there. Uh, mid-season acquisition, but pound the strike zone. That is the key for Miles Michaelis tonight. Pound the strike zone. Had some decent success, as I mentioned, in his one start at Milwaukee last year. So you look to that to be hopefully a sign of good things for Mr. Michaelis. And on the other other side, the, the Brewers send one of their three-headed one head of their three-headed monsters in Freddie Peralta. Freddie Peralta coming off, as I mentioned, a bad start. Four innings, three hits, three earned, four walks, six Ks against the Chicago Cubs. Uh, but he'll be looking to turn things around. No question about it. When you look at his numbers against the Cardinals last season, they were pretty good. On May 11th, he threw seven shutout innings in St. Louis, striking out eight. On August the 18th, two not good ones here. Two innings pitched, three earned runs in that start. And then the start after that, two innings pitched, four earned runs. But then after that, he threw together a quality start. Six innings, seven hits, three earned, a walk, and nine strikeouts. So one really good start, two eh, and one solid start for Freddy Peralta. Cardinals are going to need to, to get him early. That The, the key to, to those two starts that he did not pitch well in, I believe he got hurt in one of them, but both times the Cardinals attacked him early. Get him early, get him often. With any ace, no matter what level of ace you want to talk about, whether you're a, a, a 1A, a 1B ace, and I would argue on most teams, Freddie Peralta would be an ace. If not, he's a pretty good king up the sleeve for Milwaukee. You've got to get those pitchers early. 
So I look for the Cardinals to attack early. When you look at their numbers against Peralta on MLB.com, you see some pretty good things. Nolan Arenado is 313 and 16 at-bats. He's hit three home runs and driven in six. You've got Paul Goldschmidt, 429 in 14 at-bats, two home runs. He has five RBIs. Uh, other than that, you have decent Paul DeYoung, 273 with 11 home, eleven at-bats. He's got one home run and then some not-so-good numbers. Harrison Bader's 214 and 14 at-bats, one of those hits being a home run. And Edmund is also hitting 214 in 14 at-bats, as well as Yadier Molina. Everybody else, just a handful of bats, can't really take that into too much consideration. Some good numbers for, for the Cardinals tonight. I, I look forward to Signal and Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, um, as well as Paul DeYoung. Decent numbers, as I mentioned, but really looking for Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado to continue the hot numbers against Peralta. Looking for Nolan Ar- Arenado to stay hot, period. Um, the, this Brewer lineup against uh, Miles Michaelis, Victor Carantini, we'll see if he gets a start tonight. Uh, he is 417 and 12 at-bats. Kristen Yelich actually struggles against Miles Michaelis. 227 in 22 at-bats with a home run free driven in. Uh, so we'll see what the Brewers lineup is able to do against Miles Michaelis. I'll give my prediction at the end of the show for the series, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Miles Michaelis, the key for him, pound the freaking strike zone. He's got pretty solid stuff. He says that he f- feels close to, to being the, the type of person that he was in 2018 when he was at his peak. And even in 2018, his first start, ironically enough, against Milwaukee, was not good. He had a home run in that game, but his start was not that great. So we'll see if he's able to, to see, we'll get a little poetic justice as he's able to kickstart his season with a good start against the Milwaukee Brewers here on this Friday, April the 15th, Jackie Robinson Day, as everybody will be wearing the number 42. Stephen Matz will be getting the ball tomorrow for the St. Louis Cardinals, so I want to talk about him. He was a big man in the offseason. He was the guy the Cardinals signed and put all their money towards, so we'll talk about him as he tries to rebound as well in his second start as a Cardinal when we come back in just a minute. But first, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar in the business. It is a protein bar that quite simply tastes like a candy bar. So you get the health benefits of a protein bar, and you get the taste benefits of it tasting like a candy bar. You also have the opportunity to try a puff. Built Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat covered 100% in real chocolate, just like all Built Bars are. Built Bars, yes, including Built Bars and Puffs, are 100% covered in 100% real chocolate. Low-calorie, high-protein. You can replace your candy bars with these because they're better. Typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories, whereas Built Bars have 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 wonderful grams of protein. You can peruse the flavors at Built.com. They've got mint brownie, double chocolate, coconut, and limited time flavors each and every month, so be sure to check it out at Built.com. Also, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your order. One more time, to get 15% off your order at Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15. For tomorrow, Saturday, it'll be Steven Matz against Adrian Hauser. A couple of... Or, excuse me, Matz is a lefty. I thought Hauser was, was a lefty, too. But then I remembered the only lefty this weekend is Aaron Ashby. So Matz will be looking to... <laughs> The definition of rebounding as his first start in a Cardinal uniform went really good for two innings. And then that third inning 
was really bad, and it ended up screwing up his whole start as he only goes three innings, gives up nine hits in those three innings, seven earned runs, walks one, and he strikes out five. His whip sits at a cool 3.33. He just wasn't able to find the strike zone very much at all in his last start um, as the Cardinals did fall to the Pirates in that start, 9-4. to uh, Matt's got, got the start on that Sunday Sunday game, excuse me. Just gave up he gave up three or gave up a double to Newman, excuse me, as well as that big grand slam to Chavis uh, in, in that third inning that was really the killer. Uh wasn't able to strand any runners. Steven Matzis was not good in his last start. Plain and simple. The, 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 he, he's the guy that the Cardinals spent money on. For good, better, or worse. No matter I don't care what you think about him. I don't I don't care what you think about the offseason. At this point, as we sit here on Friday, April the 15th, okay, a couple games into the season, week and a half into the season, Steven Matz is now the guy. He was the addition of the offseason from a from the pitching standpoint. Obviously, you could talk about Albert, you could talk about Dickerson being offensive, but from the offensive perspective, or excuse me, from the pitching perspective, Steven Matz is the guy. Yes, he's got, got some pieces around him that is going to help him succeed, a la the Cardinal infield defense, because it's the, one of the best, if not the best, in all of baseball. But Matt is the guy. He's got to go out there and produce. He's got to make sure that he's worth the forty-four million dollars the Cardinals are going to be spending on him over the next, over the course, excuse me, of the next four years. And the key for Matt's and the key for Michaelis and the key for really every Cardinal pitcher is going to be the same: keep the ball in the strike zone, keep the ball on the ground, because it's. I know it's the major leagues. You got a lot of good fielders, but that's not the key for everybody across major. Nobody has a defense like the Cardinals do, infield, outfield. Nobody. Because if you're a pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies, you might think to yourself, "Man, I've got to strike out the world if I want to be successful in Philadelphia." That's how bad their defense is. You don't have to feel that way for the St. Louis Cardinals. For the St. Louis Cardinals, you need if you're on the pitching staff, starter, reliever, or otherwise. You should feel really good about being able to get ground ball outs consistently. And that is Matz's M.O. He has been a ground ball pitcher since he broke onto the league. He Six games in 2015, 35 innings, 2.27 ERA. That's fantastic. Then he, th- he goes another year, 22 starts in 2016, 3.40 ERA. Pretty solid. Last year was his... Probably his, his one of his better years. ERA jumped up to 3.82 just a little bit. Uh, but 152 thirds of an inning. His whip was 1.33, so he was getting those outs. That, that's that's his career average. Steven Matz has been a ground ball guy since the get-go. So for him, it is just returning to, to find that consistently. Consistency, excuse me. Because he said he felt really good in the first two innings of that start against St. Louis. And there was no reason not to for St. Louis. First start for St. Louis. There was no reason not to in that first start. First two, the first two innings of that start went beautifully. A couple of scoreless innings. I mean, when, when you look at the, the play-by-play of the first two innings for the Pittsburgh Pirates, you got a, a single in the first inning. Okay, but you got two ground outs and a strikeout as Sutsugo was called out on strikes. And then you go to the second, you get a foul tip strikeout, a strike three looking, and guess what? A ground out. And then you go to the third inning, and that's where the disaster started. He started off the inning with a single, got a line out, back-to-back singles, and then the home run, got a strikeout, gave up another single, another double, strikeout. 
But that third inning was when disaster struck. So for Steven Matz, obviously, look look at keeping the ball on the ground, keeping the ball in the strike zone. But you look at how is he able to, to handle adversity? How is he able to handle the when the, when the base runners get on base? Because that's clearly, when you look at, that, that's where the problem started in that start. First runner of the inning got on in the third inning, and then you had chaos and, and disaster from there. Yes, you had a runner in the first inning, but we'll see how Steven Matz is able to do if the leadoff runner of an inning gets on tonight or gets on tomorrow against Steven Matz. It's an interesting thing to look at of how a pitcher responds to something like that, how he responds to being out of his rhythm. Some guys really love pitching in the windup and can only pitch super effectively out of the windup. Other guys, the stretch works just fine. We'll see what Steven Matz is able to do um, if a runner leads off the inning against him. But again, I'm hitting this point hard because it needs to be said. It's it's kind of an obvious point, but it needs to be said. Steven Matz just needs to do what he does best, and that is get ground balls. He's a perfect fit for St. Louis. Perfect. Lefty, he fulfills that need. Ground ball pitcher, good guy on and off the field, minds his own business, gets the work done, does what he needs to do. In the offseason, I didn't see one bad report about, ooh, Cardinal Stein, Steven Matz, that's not a good fit. Ooh, Cardinal Stein, Steven Matz, I don't, I don't like that signing. Didn't see one. Yeah, it didn't grab the headlines. It wasn't, um, you know, a, a mega. It wasn't Correa to the to the Twins type coverage, obviously. But he was, he is a perfect fit for St. Louis. Now he just needs to go out there and prove it. Just go out there. It's 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 so simple. It really is. I'm not saying that Matz is is, is failing at anything, but it, it is just a simple mindset to have. Go out there and throw strikes. Keep the ball on the ground, throw strikes. Matt will be fine. When you look at who the Cardinals are facing on the mound tomorrow, it is Adrian Hauser. And his first start against Baltimore, just three and two-thirds of an inning, gave up four hits, two earned. He did walk three in that start, uh, and he struck out three as well. When you look at the game logs for Mr. Hauser against the Cardinals last year, you get decent, decent enough anyways numbers. Uh, pitched against them in St. Louis on April the 10th of last year. Five innings, six hits, one run. It was unearned. He did walk four and strike out three. Um, other times in September that he pitched against St. Louis, a nine-inning complete game. Shut out three hits there, um, seven punch outs. And then in the sixth, or he went six innings on September 23rd, excuse me, gave up just five hits, one run, hit a batter, walked two, struck out three. And then on the 29th, um, five innings of shutout baseball, three hits, he did walk two and excuse me, struck out one. Adrian Hauser had some success against the Cardinals last year. Decent, like I said. <laughs> Especially that the three-hit shutout, I remember quite well. Uh, so the Cardinals are going to struggle, in my opinion, uh, if they don't get him early. Same thing against Brolta, but Hauser is somebody that, that has an abundance amount of success against the St. Louis Cardinals in his career. So we will see what Hauser is able to do in start number two of 2022 against the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, his second start, his first start overall against the Cardinals this year, but second start of the year for uh, Hauser. That's two games out of the three remaining. And the, th- the third one we will see Dakota Hudson against uh, Aaron Ashby. We'll break that start down coming up here in just a minute. But I want to let you know that Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information. 
Whether it's live betting, playoffs, esports, and so much more, so many ways to bet and win money at Bet Online. So head to that website today, BetOnline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Dakota Hudson versus Aaron Ashby uh, is the pitching matchup. On Sunday, excuse me, uh, as the Cardinals are will finish up their series against the Milwaukee Brewers on that day. And Hudson is another one that is going to need to, to rebound after his most recent start against Kansas City. Four innings, five hits, three earned, no walks, four strikeouts. But his rebound is less of a rebound than Michaelis and Matt's. I talked about this in the, in the, the day after Dakota Hudson's start on the 12th that he has room to build off of this now. He's got some positives to work with from that start. You know, yes, he only went four innings, but that, that was that was planned. The pitch count was what it was. But he has good things to work off of. He does. He didn't give up a single extra base hit, kept the ball on the ground. Uh, he got five ground outs to two fly outs, struck out four, didn't walk a batter. Keeping the ball in the yard is going to be key for Hudson. And that could be difficult when you look at not necessarily the Milwaukee lineup, although it is a stronger lineup than I think I give it credit for at times. But it is a stronger lineup just because of the fact that they're playing in uh, American Family Field, I think is what it's called now at, at, uh, in Milwaukee. That field is conducive to some long, long, long home runs. And this will actually be the first time that Hudson is pitching um, at Milwaukee since 2019 when he did so on April the 15th because when you look at his starts against Milwaukee didn't pitch in 2000 against them in 2020 which I thought was super odd considering the Cardinals only played divisional opponents that year but he did not have a single start against the Brewers in 2020 because he started against the Pirates, White Sox, Reds, Royals, Reds, Cubs, Reds, Pirates. So just kind of to prove that to you. And then last year, he only pitched against the Cubs twice, and this year against the Royals once. So the first time in Milwaukee since April the 15th of that year, when you look at his game logs of that year in general, his first start was against Milwaukee on March the 30th. Four runs, three earned, and four to third innings pitched. Seven hits, two walks, six strikeouts. And then April 15th, that start I mentioned, not great. Three and two-thirds, seven inning, eight hits, six earned runs, two home runs, three walks, an intentional, and three strikeouts. His other start against Milwaukee that year came in Bush on August the 19th, and that was a very good start. Six and two-thirds innings of shutout baseball. He did walk four but struck out seven. Anytime you go six and two-thirds of an inning and don't allow a run, that is a good start. So we'll, we'll see what, what Dakota Hudson's able to bring. Keeping the ball down, keeping the ball in the ballpark is going to be key. And it's going to be hard, like I mentioned, in Milwaukee. And as I just went through, already not great numbers in Milwaukee. Um, he gave up three home runs in that start on the 30th. They gave up two home runs in that start on the 15th. So in those two starts last year, he gave up a total of five home runs at, at Milwaukee in 2019. And Dakota Hudson, when, when, when he is not right, not only is he walking people, but mainly when he's not right, the ball tends to leave the yard. Tends to give up his fair share of home runs when he's not right. So that, that's the sign I'm looking for for Dakota Hudson. To, to remain right is to keep the ball on the ground. Sinker baller. Cardinals have a lot of, what, what feels like anyways, a lot of sinker balls. That, that's why a lot of these guys have the same same keys, if you will, to, 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 to finding success. Um, it is because they have the same repertoire of pitches and same style of pitching. 
really looking forward to seeing Dakota Hudson pitch. I think he could be a top starter in this rotation when he's right. Love what he did in 19. Love what he did in 20. Like what I saw in 21 and in his just two appearances that year. Really excited to see him work. I think that he can be successful. I think he could be a really strong component of this rotation, especially when you think of Jack Flaherty being hurt. Wainwright as an ace is 40 years old. Eh. Dakota Hudson has the stuff to be that level, to be a stopper, to be the guy the Cardinals need. Uh, they'll be facing off against Aaron Ashby at one time, top prospect for the Milwaukee Brewers um, in his first appearance of the season, or his last two appearances, rather, went three and a third innings uh, at Baltimore on the 11th of April, four days ago. Uh, three and a third innings pitch, two hits, two walks, four punch outs, and then on the 7th, of April against Chicago, one and two-thirds, three hits, and earned run, a walk, and a strikeout. He was credited with the loss in that appearance. This is somebody that the, the Brewers have been very high on for, for a while. He did pitch against the Cardinals a little bit last season. On September the 23rd, came in relief, four and third. One hit, two runs. Both of them earned on a home run, a walk, and four strikeouts. Uh, then also at Bush on September the 23rd. Uh, this was also in relief, two innings, a hit, two innings, two hits, excuse me, three runs, Two of them earned a home run, a walk, and three strikeouts. And then at St. Louis on the 29th of September, uh, also in relief, uh, two innings of scoreless baseball, walked a man, and struck out five. So a couple of not so good and one really good outing to end it for him. With him being the only lefty in the Brewers rotation for this weekend, you expect to see Albert Pujols back in the lineup. And like I mentioned on the postgame yesterday, I wasn't upset that, that he started against the right Andrew Woodruff uh, yesterday. I really wasn't. You know, he's somebody that, I talked about this briefly, but he's going to need more reps than, than just against left-handed pitching. He, he, plain and simple, because if, if you're only going to play him against lefties only, then he's going to, to, get, to get rusty, to get tight, and he's not going to get enough reps. So he's going to have to play against right-handers sometimes. And as it was pointed out a lot on Cardinal Twitter, he put together some really good at-bats against the Milwaukee Brewers right-handers. Some really good at-bats. Uh, so we'll likely, likely still see him, not see him until Sunday, except maybe you might see him in a pensioning role here and there. Uh, but when you get down to the, to the predictions of it, when, when you get down to, all right, you got Michaelis, Mats, Hudson going up against Peralta, Hauser, and Ashby. I'm, I'm confident on Sunday. So I'm going to go Sunday winner for the St. Louis Cardinals. And then it's it's a toss-up between the next two. Uh, it, I hate to go. I think the Cardinals do win two out of the next three and earn a split. But here's my if and scenario: if the Cardinals get to Peralta early tomorrow or tonight, excuse me, then they'll win tonight and lose tomorrow. If not, then I think that they win tomorrow because I do. I do think there's some combination out there of them winning two out of the next three and earning a split and splitting at Milwaukee. That that, that is not a bad thing. Right? You obviously cannot get swept. You don't want to lose three out of one. But once you lose the first game, best case scenario now in this four-game series, there's earning a split. So I say the Cardinals go out and do that. I say that they win the two out of the next three and earn a split at Milwaukee. Let me know what you think. Comment on the YouTube comment section below. You can email anytime at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. We are a Monday to Friday podcast if you're a first-time listener or a new listener. So we'll be back talking at you on Monday, breaking down what happened in Milwaukee. Hopefully it is all good things from a St. Louis Cardinals perspective. Uh, so until I talk to you guys the next time, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.